You're listening to The Lively Show, episode 245. Welcome to The Lively Show. I'm your host, Jess Lively, and this blogcast is designed to uplift, inspire, and add a little extra intention to your everyday. Welcome to the show, guys. Thank you so much, as always, for listening. Support for this podcast comes from ABC presenting Kevin Probably Saves the World, one of Entertainment Weekly's must-watch new shows. Kevin wasn't so great at life. He lost his job and his girlfriend and moved in with his sister. But things took a turn when Kevin learned his true calling. He's been chosen to save the world. Now his destiny may be our best shot. Kevin Probably Saves the World has a new episode on Tuesday at 10, 9 central on ABC. All right, guys, if you haven't seen it yet, check it out. It is something that looks perfectly up the alley of those who like The Lively Show, like the channeling and the Abraham and the Joe stuff. If you like that, this show may be a perfect fit for you. Now for where I'm at, I am in Sydney, loving, loving, loving my Sydney time. I told a friend the other day that of all the places I've traveled, I've started to notice which ones bring out which different energies or chakras in my system. And I feel like places like London are very grounding, Bali is very heart opening. But here in Sydney, I find the most alignment within all of the chakras all at once. I feel grounded and elevated all throughout the same time. So I love being here and so happy to be doing Flow With Intention online while I am in this beautiful place. It's getting warmer and warmer and warmer every single day. So now in terms of today's episode, today I'm really excited to be introducing you to a new friend of mine, Ghosh Patke. Ghosh and I met, as you'll hear in this interview, on the Abraham Hicks cruise. And since I wanna be giving you guys a recap of all the things that went down on the ship, this is one of the things that happened. This is one of those people I flowed into in my lively adventure. And to see what unfolded from her as she started not knowing anything about Abraham before going on this cruise because her mother took her on the cruise. So she was totally new to this work. And as she explained, she actually thought Abraham was Esther's dead husband. <laughs> she It actually kind of makes a lot of sense if you don't know anything about Abraham and what that is. That seems like a logical conclusion to make, but what happened for her in her life to watch that unfold in those 10 days together was truly magical. To see her with her point of attraction in her life as it was before she went on that cruise to what unfolded during it and where she's going to be living and how she's going to be changing her life since it has been truly exceptional. I'm so excited to be able to share this because for anyone that's new to this work or maybe still doubtful or skeptical, Gosh's situation, her point of view, and her story I think is really going to resonate. Let's go to the show. Hey, Gosh, how you doing? Hi, great. Thank you for having me. All right. I'm so excited for everyone to meet you and get to know you as I have on the cruise. But let's start with how you got to where you are. So I am from Connecticut. I grew up in a really traditional, conservative Polish family, and I am the youngest of three. I was born and raised in Connecticut. I went to college here. I went to grad school here. And can I also say, by the way, you're from Hartford for all the Gilmore Girl listeners out there, right? Isn't that where Lorelai's from? <laughs> yes. I went to University of Hartford, and that is where Lorelai's from. Yes. Okay. So keep going. <laughs> Yes, I kind of had my, you know, climbing the ladder, doing things that I was always told to do by my family, meeting expectations and kind of just going through life in the way that anyone really does. However, I always felt like I questioned things and I would always become more interested in 
I don't know, maybe not necessarily going out, but more spiritual things and wondering what I really want to do. I kind of always did what I was told to do throughout my life. And I always was a seeker. I always, I loved to travel. My first time after college, I studied history. My professor was an archaeologist who invited me to go to Israel for the first time. I pretty much left America and just became so fascinated with different cultures. You know, it made a reflection of who I am, why am I the way I am, why is everybody the way that they are? And I started thinking more about like my worldview and, and how fascinating just existing on earth really is. And I kind of caught this bug to leave and travel anytime that I could. So I would volunteer with different organizations and just do really crazy things that people didn't really understand. And last year, after I finished my master's in international affairs, I thought, oh, you know what, the right thing to do is to go, I should probably get some like on the ground experience. And I moved to Israel to work for a nonprofit there. The experience was super heavy and difficult. And I didn't really know how unhappy it was making me. So when I returned from my first trip to Israel, I had finished grad school. I took a job as a private flight attendant. So I spent two years of my life catering to the 1% of the world. And I had a blast in terms of seeing different places and meeting new people and always experiencing newness. And I was addicted to that. I loved it. What was it like to be a private flight attendant for the top 1%? Uh, it was extremely fascinating. It was extremely frustrating a lot. And it was also really, I think that it propelled me on my personal journey a lot because I started to wonder, like, what do I want? I felt like I always admired really, really wealthy people. I always thought that success was financial. So at the point that people were, they seemed very unfulfilled though they had the American dream. So I was surrounded by people who truly you know, were the epitome of the American dream and had found massive success as you know, we're kind of taught to think that it is, but it just was so apparent to me that there was so much lacking. And it made me really question, hmm, what, what am I living for? Am I trying to save money and amass a great amount of wealth or Am I trying to find a partner that I love and can share my time with or a career that's fulfilling? And I basically just, it kind of like took a lot of my soul and energy out at the end of it. So uh, very suddenly I, I quit my job. I gave my two weeks and I found an opportunity to go work in Israel for a nonprofit. It was basically the 100% opposite of what I was doing. I lived in Nazareth. I moved right away, left my family, left the very cushy lifestyle where, you know, if some millionaire would leave a $1,000 bottle of wine, I would be able to drink it. And I just kind of said, I'm ready for a new chapter. And I lived in the biggest Arab city in Israel. So I don't know if any everybody kind of knows the political tension in Israel, but it is a very uh, tense place to be in general, and let alone being in an, the biggest Arab city as a blonde, young American girl, I really did stick out. But I thought I was doing the right thing. I thought I wanted to be, 
you know, a philanthropist. I always really enjoyed being around people and helping people. But slowly, you know, the way that people treated me in my everyday walk or, you know, even when I would try to go out, it just was so uncomfortable. Men would be a little aggressive and, you know, demeaning and really made me feel like I was super, super inferior and like highly sexualized. And it started to really bother me. And it it made me wonder why, like, I'm trying to help. I left my family, my home, my comfortable life, and I'm all the way on the other side of the world trying to do something kind and right. And nobody felt that way back. No one treated me with respect. And the only thing that kept me grounded and happy while I was having this difficult experience was yoga. I found like an older man who truly lives the lifestyle of yoga and meditation and and just embodied wellness. And he made a small room in his house and I would go practice with him a few times a day. And it really, through his guidance, I mean, I always did yoga, but it really elevated my practice to a more spiritual level where I started experiencing this complete heart, soul, body peace that kind of just freed me from my questions on this earth. You know, I would I would have a few moments where I kind of feel that that I don't know that almost like pure like almost nirvana that I'm not even not even here and I was super connected to my spirituality. I fell in love with yoga and I really wanted to keep that in my life. Uh, so I at the point that I decided to leave Israel and leave that experience and kind of call it quits and just say it wasn't successful and it wasn't what I wanted, I decided I'd do a yoga teacher training before I went back to the States, which ended up being a pretty dark experience, but a a blessing in disguise. So I, I thought I wanted to do the most authentic possible thing I could do. I went to India. I chose a program that was highly, highly recommended online and had great reviews. And I flew from Tel Aviv to the capital and then Spent three hours driving up north to Dharamshala, where I did a uh, one-month teacher training. Uh, However, when I first started, and it was a really strenuous, like, every day two-class program, and my body maybe just wasn't prepared for what it was going to do. I was used in a yoga example and uh, headstand position, and all of a sudden, I just had all this shooting pain down my shoulder, down my back, and... A couple nights after, like I couldn't actually do even a sun salutation. And a couple nights after I, I woke up, I had numbness in my fingers. I was so scared. I was alone pretty much like my family. No one was there, of course. And my mom recommended that I go straight to a hospital and get an MRI. I was so scared to be alone. I was so scared not having a map or a phone or knowing where I was. I did get an MRI and I found that I had a neck injury. So I had a bulging, herniated disc. It was serious, and it was something that, you know, I ended up sitting in India for the next two weeks just to complete my certification before I flew home. And at that point, when I did come back to the States, I just found myself in just this dark, dark downward spiral. And I would say only now I'm getting out of that in the last year, but I truly lost myself and my being. I was definitely feeling so alone and isolated. I was feeling culture shock from coming back from, you know, living in a really old, hot, 
dirty apartment where there were, you know, truly bugs and cockroaches everywhere and feeling this, you know, really heavy experience in Israel and in Nazareth specifically, coming back to this pristine, beautiful home, like my family's in New England, like I said, and, you know, everyone here just is kind of doing their normal life and everybody lives on the lake and goes out with their friends and is happy. And I started really feeling isolated and alone and I got really, really depressed. Everything that I typically throughout my life would do to feel healthy and happy, like yoga or running or just kind of blowing off steam, I couldn't do it. I felt like I was truly disabled and I just sat with myself. I wasn't working. I came back without a job. I had no purpose and I couldn't connect with anybody. And I just fell into a pretty serious depression. So up until the cruise, when I met you, right before that, what would you say your life was like? So we've kind of been leading up to the cruise, but right before it, where were you at emotionally and logistically in your life? I was so unfulfilled. I was living in Manhattan. I am at this moment still living in Manhattan, but just moved my things out. But I was, you know, I ended up taking a job that I couldn't go much longer without working. So I took a job at a hospital just doing administrative and marketing work and just felt like I was in a wheel, just going through my life every day, waking up to go fulfill someone else's dream, you know, commuting. At first I was commuting an hour to get to the office and I would sit there and look at a computer screen and talk to people that I didn't really want to speak to. And I'd just kind of watch the clock go by. I'd leave work and I'd go to bed and wake up early to do it all again. You know, I felt extremely unhappy and unfulfilled and not really sure what the hell I was doing or what my purpose was. And I was basically living to collect a paycheck, give it to my rent, you know, spend $50 on food a day and then, you know, you know, drink a few bottles of wine a week so that I could kind of sleep well. And I just felt completely, completely lost. And interestingly enough, my mother been following Abraham Hicks and She's always been like a spiritual warrior and always exploring what life means to her and, and how she wants to live it. And she actually was going to bring my dad on this Abraham Hicks cruise, but figured it's more up, up my alley. So she invited me to go with her. And to be honest, I had no idea what Abraham Hicks was about. She had brought back a year before some like, you know, positive like cards, sometimes she'd send me a picture of Abraham quotes to kind of lift up your energy and be positive. But so I thought it was just like a coaching kind of, you know, be happy, live your life thing. This is how little you knew about it. Can you tell them what you thought Abraham was? I actually looked at Jess and I was like, oh, is Esther married to Abraham? And he died. And now he's like speaking through her. I literally thought that Abraham was her husband. Yeah. And so what was your first impression when you got on the cruise and you started to Actually, well, okay, besides the fact that you thought first impression, this is the dead husband speaking through her. What was your impression of the content right away? Just the initial stages. So right away, I thought it was very weird. I walked into this room of, you know, 500 people and everybody's singing the song, joy, joy, joy. And I'm wondering like, all right, I kind of like that everyone has good vibes, but I'm wondering what this is about. It was just so foreign to me. I just... I looked at the Esther standing up there and like 
kind of trying to grasp the concept of like, what is this channeling? Like, where is this coming from? Who's speaking through her? Why is this real? And I kind of even questioned myself. I was like, I always believed in spirituality and a higher thing and higher consciousness, but actually like seeing it in front of me, I thought this feels really kind of crazy. Yeah, I can tell you also, I don't know if I shared with this with you, but for the first 800 hours of what I listened to in YouTube directly, I kept being, even though I resonated with the material she was saying so much, I kept waiting for her to make a mistake, quote unquote, to see like, is she like, not a ventriloquist, but is this like an act? Like, I I love the material, but I spent the first 800 hours going in the back of my head, the skeptical ego part of me was like, is there, is she going to mess up? Is she going to do it wrong? Is she not going to have an answer for someone? And then over the thousands of hours of like, you know, it just eventually it was like, no, I think Esther's a wonderful human, but I do not think that a human's capable of doing the consistency, clarity, quickness, speed, direction. Like it's not coming from a a human mind, I would say. Definitely. I was looking for a hole in anything that she was saying the same. It was like so much doubt. I was filled with so much doubt. Like, is this possible? I mean, I want it to be real and I want it to be true. And I feel like I do want that guidance so badly in my life. Like, I do want to believe that there's some beautiful way to live that I can be happy and that there is a higher power or the source to guide. Like, it's beautiful. It's amazing that, uh, I guess, higher consciousness or the source would want to, you know, hey, knock, knock down there, human beings. Like, we are supposed to be happy. You don't have to do things just because you, you know, should. You should have this title. You should be a lawyer. You should go to work or you should have this much money in your bank account or you should look this way. It's like we can be happy. And it resonated with me. And and actually my experience with you and, and kind of talking to you and seeing your channeling right in front of me and kind of experiencing it person to person, that really is what made me feel, wow, this stuff is real. Really? That was from me doing it for you? That was you. So for those listening, so I sat with Gosh and I with our little teas and our little <laughs> croissants sitting at this little table, I would do the Joe stuff that you guys have heard me do on the show for you specifically about questions you had. I didn't know that. That's what made you believe the channeling? 7,000%. So I, I was definitely super interested in the Abraham Hicks stuff. But like I said, only until I sat across from you and I watched it happen right in front of me, it was, I like started to become more familiar with the concept. Okay, channeling, this is coming through like a person, but... I just watched you right across from me and I could see kind of like your, your eyes were closed and your eyes were just like, you know, rapidly moving, you know, I could see them moving and I I saw your fingers move really quickly and there is no way. And even I was kind of looking for your hole. I was thinking, Hmm, Hey, let me ask a couple more questions so I can see if you're just saying the same thing or, you know, I only, I had doubt, but then I just, I saw it right before me and I had like a very personal experience obviously with you and And that is what made me say, nope, this is 1000% real. And I feel it and I see it. Well, here's the truth, Ghosh. You know what's interesting is I sometimes doubt my own ability to do it, right? Because if it's if it's a voice in my head and it's always positive and it's always loving, how do I know I'm not just saying things I want to hear? So I too have had my own journey with this to especially going from the concept of this is writing to my intuition to this is channeling something that might be named Joe. Like that is a very new thing for me this year. So I have actually 
myself had to go through a lot of the same Abraham sifting and sorting 800 hours. Is there going to be a mistake? Is there going to be something in this? It's going to show me that this isn't real. What's interesting now is more and more signs and more and more the words and the verbiage that they use that I don't understand until months later that I understand on a whole new level or the advice that they give me I disagree with at the moment and then later I see it proof true. So I can just tell you what you're saying I think is incredibly natural, normal, and I feel it too, but it's interesting. I didn't know that you felt the clarity from watching me do it. Yeah, that brought me over completely. You know, and I came back to Manhattan and I feel like I, I'm not Jess, like she has hundreds and hundreds of hours of, of research and dedication to this because she, you know, is is more inclined to, to know she followed herself earlier. But for me, I am very new. This was just, I, I've always felt something inside. I always felt a question, but only until I had this specific experience on the cruise and then with Jess specifically, did I kind of, I believe it, I feel it, I know it, it was unshakable, but then it's interesting how, and this has been kind of my issue throughout life, I always kind of felt like I didn't fit in, or I didn't really want to, I did things just to do them, and I'd kind of like wait for the night to be over, I'd go out with a bunch of people, and I, I just wouldn't feel like the conversations we were having weren't, oh, I wasn't open, I wasn't connected, and I hated, I hated sometimes just like being in this fake social circle, it was so superficial, and Coming back home, I think the issue is, and I saw very quickly, like I left the cruise with this super high vibe, good energy, like I feel like I'm alive. I feel great. And then I, I came back and it's like, you know, everyone's doing the same thing. And I feel like I've always been also what's held me back is I've surrounded myself by people who, you know, just coincidentally don't really care about the same things. They're more interested in, you know, football or, you know, what the Kardashians did and, I think that's a really interesting thing for me in this last week is that I kind of regressed with all this. I'm sure of it. I had all these powerful experiences with healing also. And, um, you know, we met a lot of magical people on this cruise and I just had experiences also with them that were unshakable and made me really fully feel at peace with like the spiritual purpose or possibility that there is guidance and I can be happy. But then it was kind of tough coming back to Manhattan and feeling all this kind of like drab energy. Well, let's go to that in a second. What I want to go through now is, all right, so you show up, you're watching people dance to this song, like little kids watching a TV show. And I have to tell you, I give you a lot of credit for showing up straight to a cruise. When I first listened, I listened to thousands of hours on YouTube first to open myself up to the idea that I would go on a cruise like this. And then you just getting dropped in, not knowing anything. That's a really intense experience. So good on you for just uh, rolling with it. I want to talk about what unfolded on the cruise once we met. And I want to also just give the background of how we met because this is kind of, I guess, my side of the story. I, as everyone knows, have been trying to renew my eyesight. I'm not really trying, but waiting for my eyesight to renew naturally. And as a result, have not been wearing my glasses. And daylight is definitely easier to see than in dark spaces. So the cruise ship has this dining area that's very dark and kind of mood lighting. And that is not good when you can't see very well. So as I was walking in every time, you you would have to like, you know how to like deal with me as my Mr. Magoo. Like, okay, she can't be like, you have to meet her out in the hall because otherwise I can't find you in, in the actual restaurant. When I got to the restaurant area, I think the second or third night, I walked in and everyone's blurry. So, and I don't even really know. I only knew two people on the cruise ship at that point. 
from uh, an introduction through Gregorio, who people have met on the show. And I sat, I saw a table of women that had maybe four extra seats in it. And some little impulse in me said, this looks like a nice table to sit at. So I sat down and I had no idea I was going to sit right next to you. I couldn't even see you and your back was to me anyway. So it wasn't like I was looking for someone that I would be friends. I wasn't like able to see clearly enough to go, I'm going to go find someone that looks like someone I would be friends with. I literally couldn't see anyone. So I was just like, I'm going to go sit where these blurry faces are and there's an empty seat. So I sit down and it was so funny because the first thing I remember was that we said, you know, where are you from and and introduce each other. And you literally lived two blocks away from where I was staying right as I had left for the cruise. So we immediately, when we left for the cruise, we were like two blocks away from each other, essentially. Insane. Very coincidental. And I, when you sat down too, I was thinking, yes, a, I had not seen like a young like fun, happy looking young woman. Not that I'm an ageist, but everyone seemed to like be in a, it was just amazing that she sat down with her bright personality. And I, I just got right immediately, like completely connected with you and wanted to know everything about your life. And you were so intriguing and I was so happy. <laughs> yes. Okay. So that's how we met, but I want to now, so you were in this fate, hazy, dark, negative, unhappy place for a while then you get on this cruise and you watch these people jump around and you're like, what is going on? Then you sit next to me. And it's not about me, but what unfolded for you the rest of the cruise from that point forward? So I would say that, I mean, you were very much my guide. You were just a really comfortable, approachable. You made this material so much more like natural. Like it was okay for me to, to be you know, thinking these things and exploring them because this is normal. Someone else like me uh, or that looks like me or seems like me is doing it too. And you kind of started to guide me explaining different things. If I had questions about like, what the hell is alignment? Like what is channeling? I had some very, very sub-level, easy, simple questions that you answered for me. And then after the seminar, we kind of, as we became friends and, you know, we'd kind of go out and tour places, I started to feel comfortable like putting the concept into practice and it became tangible and I experienced it for the first time with your guidance and kind of explaining it. And so I guess I was listening and I, I listened to Esther or Abraham speak about, you know, this is, this is the purpose you can get into alignment. You have all these things in life that you want and your, you know, quote unquote vortex, you know, knows with its contrast, what it doesn't like and with the things that make you happy, what you do like. And then all of a sudden I'm thinking, wow, all right, well, let me just get into like whatever they call this alignment is. And it really just started working for me. I kind of felt like life would slow down. Like it was almost, I would really taste the food I was eating or I'd really feel the sunshine. And like, it kind of felt like I was actually present fully in that moment. And I was able only then to kind of receive things that I wanted, that I knew I wanted or, or that I like kind of seek out, like, I want this type of restaurant, or I want to have a really beautiful day and meet a friend. And kind of like, it just started to unfold in a very, like, almost creepy, but honest way. Like life just kind of started giving me what I wanted. Here's a question. And I know a lot of people are going to wonder. So you've had years of out of alignment at this point, a lot of momentum built in a negative direction. How did you get into the first feeling of alignment for yourself? And what did it feel like when you got there? So Yes, for years I was not aligned, definitely. And I think the very first moment, 
like I'm a very I'm a people pleaser and I didn't even really realize I like make plans for other people if I'm sitting at a dinner table I'm kind of thinking oh what's that person thinking what are they going to order what are they you know how do I look is that is that stupid what I said or I'd like overanalyze everything and kind of be outside of myself outside of my body and then it was a very simple moment where I just I woke up and I said I'm going to have this powerful day of alignment I'm going to do this we we went to the cafe and I ordered my second chocolate croissant and I felt like this is exactly what I want and it kind of just it, to simply put it I just started kind of hearing what I want deep inside like I could connect with my what you I guess you'd call your inner being and I just listened to it I followed it and I did what I wanted and it was so amazing it's almost like everything became a little brighter I started kind of, I didn't have all this negative baggage. Like I wasn't looking at other people and perceiving them in a certain way or judging them or thinking even about other people. I just kind of started feeling like we're all like in this, like almost this game, this like we're just souls. Everybody was this equal soul walking around and everything just started looking brighter and better. Can I also just say that was exactly the moment, exactly the moment I noticed too. I wasn't sure if you felt it then, but when I was watching you, because I spent every moment with you after we met, basically, it was the second croissant. It was the moment you said, I want, and they're like mini croissants. So it's not like, you know, I don't know. It doesn't even matter. It doesn't even matter if they were huge croissants. It was the freaking, you wanted it and you got it. And you, there was a smile. There was a spark. There was a light in you that was so genuinely aligned with what would bring you joy in that moment. And from then on, it was game on. But it's so funny. You did. That was, is the, that's how easy it is, guys, right? It's not this complicated thing. It was a second chocolate, Nutella croissant, I think. Mm, it was. It was so tasty and I love it. <laughs> Since then, it was, and I fell out of it, of course, but that feeling, it just felt very light and very peaceful and very fun. Like I just actually started feeling fun. Every step that I took, like if I wasn't thinking, I wasn't, I was just there and I started to kind of like actually enjoy my life for what felt like the first time since like a long time ago. I just did a coaching call for Flow with Intention the other day, and there was this woman who was a wonderful person, and she was talking about her alignment and her experience, and she said she's a mother and she's an entrepreneur, and she said, you know, I thought I was a genuinely, like, generally happy person, and she said what she found her, like, real stride with alignment, like, serious stride with it, she realized even though she always assumed the identity of a generally happy person, when she actually felt the feeling of alignment, actually felt the feeling of joy and fun and lightness that she experienced through doing the stuff we talked about in class and everything, that she realized how the rest of her life, even though she said she'd been happy, it was such a quantum difference from what she had now did you feel like you knew you were unhappy because you told me all about that yeah <laughs> I knew I was unhappy but only until I actually it was like bliss I experienced bliss it was this completely different existence I felt like I don't know I actually felt like myself and I didn't care about anything else I was just happy and it, in that like juxtaposition I really felt like you know what I was really miserable like it's almost like you're not even aware of how like we're just kind of walking through this soot and mud and 
like, I, and I'm a happy person. I think everyone would say that I'm really, I'm very friendly and I'm upbeat. And, but yeah, it's almost, it's just this comparison. Once you fully free, it's almost like I, I had these chains around me and I didn't know. And only until I broke free and kind of like spread my arms out, almost like it felt like wings, like I could fly. Um, and only until then I, you know, didn't really realize, wow, like I really haven't been following what I want. And I think that for me, like growing up, I've always had that kind of issue. Like I might not have fit in where I was because that's just what my soul was. And I always, you know, I had a lot of resistance to it. I always, I wanted to fit in. I wanted to, you know, go be like everybody else and think this was cool, but I just didn't. And until the moment that I was like, you know what, I love traveling. And I actually, <laughs> very crazy. I, um, I had met friends of Jess's and they inspired me and gave me an opportunity to quit my job and kind of follow. I don't know what's going to happen next, but I quit and I'm going to go work for them and travel and kind of start this new chapter of actually following what I want to do and not just like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go work in Manhattan and have this job and go do something that I don't actually want to do. And I don't know what's going to happen. I'm very scared and a little anxious, but um, but I'm accepting myself and I'm really ready to play like this not game with myself but actually be in alignment not a game but just actually experience life how I want it with this sureness that it's going to be okay because there is guidance so long as I listen yes and actually there's two things there one the amount of law of attraction that was played out here and the principles to see it so basically for the story that she you just kind of touched on I wanted to manifest people to know on the cruise and didn't know anyone going on the cruise at the time. But Gregorio, who everyone's known that I've met through a few conferences now <laughs> in the world, we just kind of kept flowing into each other. He flowed in to these friends that he met in Spain and then were going on the cruise. So I knew and been introduced to them before going on the cruise. So I manifested friends to know on the cruise, which was great. Then I sat next to you randomly because I could not even see. So it was my inner being total guided me. And 2,000 people are on this cruise. So the fact that you were two blocks away from where I just was and we were supposed to meet. Then you did have the wanting, right? You wanted a different life. Oh, desperately, desperately. And deep down inside, yeah. Right. So you did call me in in that way. So you got there and then the second croissant started that first feeling for you of alignment. And then it was so funny because the rest of the day you were so happy and you kept saying how different it was. And it was so funny because I'd known you for a few days and you're out of alignmentness. But the moment you got into that alignment, to me, you kept saying how this was so foreign to you. But to me, I was like, this is exactly who you are. I couldn't even remember you out of alignment anymore the minute you got in it. But then once you got in it and you I don't know if that's exactly after that point or right around that time you met these other people that I was introduced to and then they offered you the job. But it was only because you were in alignment that I think that even that career shift even unfolded for you. I think if you had stayed out of alignment without that second croissant, I don't know that it would have unfolded in the same way. But it, because you got in that alignment, everything else in your life, literally the stuff you didn't want fell away. Mm -hmm, definitely. And I even... Like it's kind of strange to kind of put it into words because for anyone that doesn't get it or doesn't connect with it or wants to, it sounds a little strange, but I actually do feel that because it is something like I'm going, the people that I met that are 
now my bosses. They're very kind, spiritual, healthy, open, loving people who created a company that's basically wellness and I don't know, just doing right in the world and spreading positivity. And it's like they travel and I'm going to be moving from place to place and kind of being a nomad month to month and seeing the world and not really knowing what's happening. But I couldn't have dreamt it up better for this moment of my life. I mean, I have other dreams as well, but it was just the perfect exit. It was like, I couldn't have made a more beautiful door that says, hello, open me. And I don't think it would have happened if I wasn't around all that pot. Like I changed. I really do feel that shift in vibration. And now like kind of learning about it and I'm still really juvenile to the whole subject. But through my experience, I feel like before I was just truly on, I was stuck. I was stuck on this low vibration and it just, it just reflected back to me with everything with like love. I'd have problems with my work. I was miserable. I was, people would irritate me in the street. It's just like, I didn't really exist happily. And then all of a sudden when I was able to like expand and be in alignment all this peace that I deserve and all this peace that I have almost like planned for myself or, or that would have ideally subconsciously, I think I created and want this like free life, though other people might not understand it. It is what I want. And it just exploded and I'm going with it. And can I also say for the law of attraction earlier in your life? So your whole life, your story, what you've been beating the drum of, as uh, Abraham term would say, is that I don't fit in, I don't fit in, I don't fit in. So you attracted circumstances. We're in Israel and you're the blonde American girl in an Arab city. You attracted circumstances when you're with the 1% and you don't fit in. Then you went to Manhattan and you didn't fit in. So because you were so aware and shouting no at this not fitting in, that's what you attracted. Now, it wasn't that you deserved it. And so anyone listening, if they don't like their situation, it's not that you deserve the thing or experiences you're having. It's literally like gravity or electricity. It's not a petty person doling out stars or demerits to people. This is literally just life is reflecting back to you what you're putting out. Do you see that now as you look back on that, that it wasn't that you did anything wrong, but that it was just life was just showing you exactly where you were at? Mm -hmm, definitely. And I think I'm so glad to have this perspective and understanding and alignment now because I feel like it helped me heal all of that too. I feel like I was in this pity victim, you know, mode where like it was just heavy. It was dark and I, I think it allowed me like understanding that it isn't, oh, I keep deserving this hap to happen to me. It was just energy and just seeing the drastic shift and feeling happy and feeling like I have what I deserve and I'm just going for it. I'm just going to keep moving forward and paving what makes me happy by listening to myself, being in alignment and staying true to my inner being, whether it's accepted by a lot of people or not, I'm just going to do it. It's like, you know what, back then I was in a negative place and it's just energy and I can let it go and I don't want to dwell on it and it's not part of my story anymore. And I, I love that. That's what makes me the happiest is I have not thought about the past or any story of someone doing me wrong or something that went wrong at all. I'm just here kind of feeling like I'm on a cloud moving forward. Yeah, it's like electricity. You can either get burned by it by touching a live wire or you can turn on a lamp switch. It's just the same principle. It's how it's applied. And it doesn't mean that someone that touches a live wire did anything wrong. They just didn't know it was a live wire. Mm -hmm. And since I got back, um, it's been really nice to very simple things I didn't really do before. I mean, I've dabbled in meditation. I've, I'm interested in it. But 
Only now, every day when I wake up, I spend, I kind of wake up slowly. I look around the room. I think I start my day being like appreciative of even like a sun ray coming into the room. And I take five minutes. I meditate. It doesn't even, it just calms my mind down. And then I open my eyes and I say my affirmations and I say, I'm having a beautiful day. I am powerful. I am healthy. I am happy. And I just kind of project what I want. And it's magic. It is almost like I'm creating what I'm saying just by saying it in the start of my day. And it's been, it's played out in a really beautiful way. And it's, I just want to reiterate for everyone, what you're doing is you're saying that, but the words don't mean anything. They're like stickers on your gas gauge. You could put a happy sticker on an empty tank. It doesn't mean you're actually going to have gas. So it's all about what you're doing really is feeling healthy, feeling happy, and you're feeling those words. So the words are using your brain to then translate to the heart. But really, if you can say it all day long, if if you're not moving the emotional dial, nothing's going to happen from the words alone. It's coming through the vibration and the vibration is your feeling. So what you're doing is getting into that state even more importantly than than the words themselves. So if anyone wants to try this and like, how come this isn't working for me, but it works for Ghosh, she's achieving a state change with that and very, the most important piece of it. Yeah, and I would even say, so with my neck injury, it's amazing even physically how it's worked, which, you know, might sound a little nuts, but, you know, back a year and a half ago when I first injured my neck, it was just like a constant focus on this neck injury. And oh my God, I'm not gonna be able to exercise and da 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 And it was just negative, negative, negative. And it got worse. Like I would wake up in the middle of the night crying in pain. And since I started feeling and saying, I mean, I I feel strong. I don't have pain. Like I am actually putting, there's a complete different experience of even something on a physical level because I'm saying, and I don't, not even like you said, the words, it's like, I actually believe that I'm healthy and I just see it play out. That's amazing. Okay, so now that you've gone back to New York, how has it been to re-enter the old matrix? <laughs> it's a perfect way to say it. Uh, challenging. Like I said, I lost a little bit of momentum, even making the effort every day. And that's kind of frustrating. Um, and I think that's the great challenge is kind of making a, a practice or like maybe it does take a little bit of work uh, to be willing to kind of get into alignment every day. And willing to, you know, not kind of fall into old patterns of behavior. And it's been challenging, but I don't know, I've been dedicated to it. So that's ups and downs. And it's almost kind of nice because the awareness of, hmm, you know what, I'm sitting here, I'm talking to someone, but they're not truly listening to me, but I'm fully present. And I'm going, this is okay. Like, I know that I'm doing the right thing. I know how to get myself back into alignment. It's just almost gives me more practice to I don't know, strengthen my getting into alignment when I get out of it. And I've also like forgiven myself for it's a beautiful kind of, it's almost an adventure to kind of, all right, you know what, I know this now, I know how I can be. And when something's going to give me resistance, it's just an opportunity to kind of figure out, you know what, I can get back in, I can be connected to my higher power and be happy. I love that. All right. And you're going to go now start flowing around the world and doing all the impact that you want to have very quickly soon, right? I am. I am actually um, planning to (laughs) take off to fly to Sardinia on Friday evening. And I will start my adventure. I'm not really sure exactly where I'm going. I'm going to be, you know, training with my new bosses for a couple weeks. And then we're going to travel on to, I don't know, Turkey. I'm going to meet you 
for a little bit and I'm, I'm leaving. Yeah. Next week. Can you believe it? Can you believe you went on that cruise that this is what your life would be like a few weeks later? No, but it also feels just absolutely so right that I couldn't also imagine it any other way. I can't believe it. And I so fully believe it too. It's, it's magical. And I feel like just being able to, I feel like it really saved my life. I mean, it's not even, it's just the knowledge, the experience of seeing that it's real and then putting it into practice and being committed to being joyful and happy. I mean, I don't, I might just, I'm turning 30 and, you know, that would have been great if it happened to me 10 years ago. So I would have lived a little bit more, but I don't know. I'm really happy to to start now. Because all we ever have is the now. So it's a good time to do it. (laughs) It's true. It's true. Yeah, I'm excited. I don't know what'll happen, but I feel free and I feel like I'm flying. I'm just happy. And it all started with the second croissant. Second croissant, baby. Everyone should take the bite. (laughs) So I'm going to skip the resistance questions because I think this whole episode has been a uh, dedication to that. But what I really want to hear your answer to because you are like a newbie to this. So anyone else that might be new to this and they're sitting in the shoes that you had before you went to the Abraham cruise, what would you tell someone just starting out on this journey? Um, I would say to number one, let it be, be like peaceful with yourself and be allowing, um, be allowing is really all that I would say. It's kind of just a click when it happens and it feels Like you don't really know why it happened when it did, but once it does, it's freedom and it's just, you kind of keep going and just allow yourself to be wherever you are, do your meditation, get in touch with yourself. And as soon as you let it in, it'll change and save your life. And what about the doubts or, um, in terms of, uh, the law of attraction or applying this stuff, you know, when you said you had some resistance to that, or even just a channeling, I guess, to a little bit, any thoughts for anyone that's feeling those feelings? Yeah, I would say like listening to Abraham Hicks, listening to your podcast, uh, getting out and connecting with people who get it or exposing it to kind of just being in a, a frame of reference where people are open and willing to like, like foster that kind of mentality, like think about spirituality except that it's it's available for us. That's beautiful. Gosh, thank you so much. I am so excited for you. It's been such a fun journey to watch you unfold in this way. And I'm so excited to see what comes next. Thank you for being my guidance and being such an amazing part of why this journey is happening. And I truly love you. And thank you, everybody. Thank you for letting me be here. I love you too. I appreciate it. And there you have it. Thank you so much for listening. And Gosh, thank you so much for coming on the show. If you want to send Gosha a message, you can do so on Instagram at Malgoshi. So that's M-A-L-G-O-S-Y. And if you want to find me on Instagram, Snapchat, or Twitter, you can find me at Jess C as in croissant lively. And for show notes for this episode, head over to JessLively.com slash Gauche That's G-O-S-P-O-T-K-A-Y. Before I share where I'm headed to next, I'd like to talk about today's sponsor, FreshBooks.com. I love bookkeeping 
because of FreshBooks. So if you are a business owner and you have a creative company that you need to track your books with and you're not loving the system you're using as much as your social media, please go try FreshBooks. I've been using them since 2012 and I love it so much. It's beautiful, simple. It makes the reports that I need for my accountants and for me to see where I'm at on a daily basis. It has pie charts that show me where the predominant amounts of my money that we're spending on expenses are going. It's tracking all of my income and all of my expenses and all of the invoices, whether they've been viewed by the people that I've sent them to or not, and so much more. For your own 30-day free trial, go over to freshbooks.com lively. Again, that's 30 days for free to try this out and see if you like using it. It's over at freshbooks.com lively. I hope you love it as much as I do. Now for where I'm headed to next, I'm here in Sydney, staying here longer and just kind of enjoying and exploring. And yes, for those that are in Sydney, I will be having a meetup and I'll be sharing details on Instagram when I figured out when that will be. But I can tell you typically ends up being on a Wednesday night. So some Wednesday night in the future, I'll be sharing details. It'll probably be at the Dolphin because that tends to be where I've done it in the past. And it's just kind of a nice meeting spot for people that I can walk to. So until Thursday, may something wonderful happen to you today. 